Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 630 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings. Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. This is hour number two of Oilers Now. If you missed the first star of the show, you missed the newest member of the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club, Dominic Cahoon. I should see, uh, we could have a little bit of fun a little bit later on during today's show. Maybe we'll do that. Maybe around 122, 123. The second hour of Oilers Now is brought to you by our title sponsor, Digitex. Buy or lease your next office network printer from the Digitex.ca e-commerce store. Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office IT and supplies. We've got uh, Murat Atesh coming up out of Winnipeg from The Athletic to talk a bit about the Jets and uh, and also sort of a, a conversation on the future of sports writing. Uh, is there still time and place for human interest stories or is it all analytics driven? And uh, a guy that is more into analytics than any guy I know that currently works as a broadcaster, not in the NHL, is our next guest, and he's going to join us on the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline. We welcome back to the show Mr. Analytics himself, Drew, Drew Rubin. How you do? Mr. McKercher at Montana High gave me a 52 in algebra, and he gave it to me generously just to get me out of his class. That's how much I'm into analytics and why numbers and me are just copacetic with each other. Yeah. Uh, we've had a new, how many conversations have we had about this over the oh, last se- oh, seven years? Oh, it's just yeah, funny. Like, it's ridiculous. ridiculous. It, it, can't, it can't rule your day. Like, you know, no. but I do think, and, and the funny thing is, we'll start by talking about the Cahoon signing, because as I believe David Staples and Bruce McCurdy from the Cult of Hockey pointed out last uh, uh, last night, I mean, the analytics on Cahoon 
very good in five on five. Like this is a guy that is a productive five. Now he's played with good players. He talked about the fact that he played with good players in Chicago, Taze and Kane, and he played with Malkin in Pittsburgh. And he, you know that it, I think it's a little bit better to have good analytics when you're playing with those guys. But the fact of the matter is, his numbers support that he's a productive guy. What are your thoughts on the Oilers' acquisition of Dominic Cahoon, signing him to the one-year deal? I went and watched his highlights. Um, Chicago provides him, and then in Pittsburgh as well. And what you notice about him, this is my analytics. This is me just looking at it from a hockey eye. Is that one? He always keeps his feet moving. Always got his feet moving. He's never standing still. Two, scores a lot of his goals right near the net, right around the net with quick hands. He's got great uh, eye-hand coordination. Uh, he scored a goal against the Edmonton Oilers. He knocked it, knocked it out of the air on a pass from uh, Jonathan Taves. He um, he gets in tight, doesn't mind. He's not big, but he's not small. He is, I think, more of a playmaker than he is a goal scorer. But he does get around the net and get offensive chances. He is a guy that I like. His his release on a stick, he gets into the right position at the right time. I don't think he's a a huge goal scorer, but again, it's a Ken Holland move that is addressing the depth of offense with the Edmonton Oilers. I think it's a smart pickup. I think it's a guy that's probably got more upside than he's shown so far, but he's very young in the league. And he's a guy that I think if you get him around the net and you get him with the right type of people, like you said, in Caves and Kane, he's going he's gonna to help you. You're going to have 30, 35 points on the, on, the forward, on the forward group that's already been um, bolstered with offense. When you look at Turris, you look at Annis, you because know, you got to remember, that was a signing late. Tyson Berry jumps up him defensively in, in the power play, and he'll help. Hopefully, yes, he's going to be grown as an offensive player. And now, Dominic, it's, it does do what Ken Holland wanted to do at the end of the play-in, uh, playoff play-in, which was address the lack of offensive depth on the Edmonton Oilers. And I think he's doing it, and doing it very smartly, with, with low numbers as far as term, low numbers as far as salary, and guys that are veterans. And we know that Ken Holland likes experience. So I think it's, and I think it's a really good move. I think it reunites him with, with Leon, and maybe that can help him. And it does certainly fit into the team quickly. I think it's a pretty smart move, Bob. Well, I will say I... this about I will say let me I'll say this about analytics though, and if you ever want a, a, a reason that why sometimes you get imprisoned by analytics, all you have to do is look at the World Series. That's all you have to do. You cannot get you cannot become prisoner to analytics because that led to Tampa Bay taking Snell out and having a guy that they were trying to analytically was. Yeah, this is the right guy to put in, and it backfires on him. You can't become prisoner to something that you you predetermine. Yeah, and Drew, that's, uh, that's, that's my thing in analytics. You know, I I don't care as much about baseball as I did uh, before the mid nineteen nineties, like after nineteen ninety four, and they didn't play for the World Series that year. I mean, I was a huge base baseball rotisserie, and you and me have discussed this, and I just yeah. stopped caring. The Expos were in first place, and I I moved from. Uh, baseball to NCAA college football, okay, and so. But there's I will. Nothing I, more fun than that, though. What's that? I mean, there's nothing more fun than, than U.S. college football to watch. There's nothing. there's nothing more, and and it just I, I but I you know I, I know what happened with Snell, 
and the gut feel is there. You, sometimes you just got to trust that your guys got it. And they would they would say, well, the analytics are he's no good once the you know he faces the hitters for the third time, and that was going to yeah. happen. And the meat of the order was coming up for the Dodgers. And I'm just kind of like, so I'm with you. I've heard that a lot. I, I my guess is 90 percent of the listeners right now that watch that uh, game would agree with you in the World Series, and it's a completely fair comment. How about this? How about go ahead? Let me just one more. I'll just add one more thing. You know, you like college football as as do I, and and, and Jimbo Fisher. Um, he called a football coach. He's got a, he's got a kind of a, this is a, what he goes by. Trust what you're seeing is what you're seeing and react to it. That's, that's coaching to me. Trust your eyes. Trust what you're seeing is what you're seeing and react to it. Simple. That's, that's why I, I look for more like, I, I, I'd like more guys like Jimbo Fisher out there than anybody. Yeah, and for the listeners that are aware, he won a national championship at Florida State, and then he saw seventy-five million in front of him from yeah. Texas, from, from Texas okay, A&M, and okay, said, analytics work. <laughs> "It said, well, I, I know I got to go up against Nick Saban in Alabama, and I'm in the same division in the uh, SEC West, but uh, I think I'll be okay because I'm getting so yeah, and, and in fair in fairness, right now he might have the second best team in the conference. The problem is he's already lost to, to Alabama this year." Uh, so I want you to think back to the start of the 18-19 season, Todd McClellan's last year. On yeah. the right side, the Oilers had Ty Ratty, um, Connor Yamamoto, and Yessa Pogliarvi. And Todd had real, you you know Todd had real concerns yeah. about. And don't forget, Lucic was still in the top nine on the left side at that time. And Milan yeah. was, yeah. He, he started, actually Milan got minutes uh, that first game in in Sweden in Gothenburg uh, Lucic was involved in the Oilers second goal 5 on 5 yeah. with with McDavid and Leon um but i, I mean Yamamoto's a completely different player now i mean he was unproven at that time that was actually his second uh start to a season with the Oilers Pulley was better the year before than he was that season and Ty Ratty played himself unfortunately out of the NHL like he just he was an NHL American Hockey League tweener. The Oilers are a way better, or even the game in Detroit last year, Drew. Edmonton's just at a way better place depth-wise, aren't they, yeah. than, than they were the last couple of years to start the year. Yeah. I, I'm, let's look at Kyrie Yamamoto first off. And, and, you know, the one thing that we don't talk about enough any, anywhere, and most organizations don't do it as well, is, is that you don't talk about how great of a job your coaches are doing down in, in the AHL. I mean, you've been a big fan of Jay Woodcroft, as am I. And yep. uh, Dave Manson as well. And what they worked on in in Bakersfield with Kyler was everything but the offensive side of the game because they knew that was going to come. That's, that's his skill level and his his analytics and his past showed that that coaching staff don't worry about the offensive side. Don't worry about couldn't get puck in the net. He'll find a way to do that. What they worked on was everything else. They worked on him being a just a better, more well-rounded player in, in every aspect of the game. But they didn't worry and put pressure on him offensively because they knew that was going to be there. So as you said, that's Kyler Yamamoto as a different player than he was when, when Todd, on, during Todd's last year. But if, if you look at Yessie, that's what you hope. And I, I can't say that I've, that I've ever watched anything Yessie's done since he left the owners. So that's what you hope he's been able to work on as well. But if you look at the right side, where you've got Tyler, you've got Yessie, you've got... Uh, Alex Chase on too. I don't think that's enough credit for just how good he played, especially late in the season. Um, you've got Zach Cassian, Patrick Russell, um, and Archibald. 
and Archibald. Oh, that's right. That's Archibald, right. I forgot about Archibald, too. And, and, and also Dominic Cahoon can play, and he has right. in his NHL career, all three positions. He's played left, right, and center. Right. So you, you, you have a lot of depth now. When Even when you look at the entire forward group, Ken Holland has gone and done what he needed to do, and he's, he's improved the hockey club at the forward position. He's improved the hockey club with offensive depth, and he did it with very little room to maneuver. You've got to hand it to him. I think he did a hell of a job. Yeah, uh, and I know uh, Mark Spector has penned a piece in Sportsnet. Spector's going to join us tomorrow for the horses and horse racing Alberta. We're going to get into this debate. Mark's like, yeah, they've built a team like the Leafs, but it's not a team that can win in the playoffs. And my response to that and retort to that would be, you know, they've added a lot of skill in, um, up front that's going to allow them to play a different type of game, Drew, and the game has maybe moved away. I, I know you still need a little bit of ground and pound, and maybe you can acquire that at the trade deadline, you know? Like if uh, the, the top, the McDavid, are, you know, McDavid, Drysettle, and Turris are the top three centers. If Haas doesn't come in here and kill it, or Kara doesn't, you know, if he doesn't fit into the mix anymore, maybe they go and acquire themselves a hard nose defensively responsible fourth-line center that can spell some minutes for the top guys. I don't know. But do you, are you concerned at all that they've gone too much? To the, I'm not, for the record. Not at all. Not at you're, all. Not you're not? At nope. all. No. Yeah. I, I mean, the, the one thing that they had to get addressed was depth. Yep. It, it, Ken said it coming out of the playoff for the play-in, is that they, when the, the bulk of scoring all season long was Leon, Connor, and Ryan Nugent-Hawkins. And James James Neal, who I still absolutely adore and love, I think he's got a ton of juice, and I love that about him. Um, he got off to that streak, and he got 19 goals, and then he, he cooled down for a long, long time. But you had to you have to have depth. If we've seen anything about teams in the playoffs, depth is what gets you to where you need to go. It gets you into the playoffs, and it can prolong you in the playoffs. As far as hard nosed. Like you said, ground and ground and pound type hockey. Do we really see that anymore? Even in the playoffs, did did Tampa win because they were hard nosed ground and pound, or Tampa win because they played a certain way, where everybody there wasn't much drop off from line to line to line, and they played a certain way that forced Dallas, who lost six guys. I, I, I'll grant you that, lost six guys in, into that final. But they played a certain way that took Dallas' offensive abilities away. Not through a lot of ground and pound, but through puck control, wow. really good, smart forechecking, and terrific neutral zone play. If you watch the, the, the way that they played schematically or system-wise, that was pretty damn disciplined, boy. Well, it kind of—it's kind of funny. Sometimes you don't see the, uh, the the forest through the trees, right? Like I'm going to give you an example. Columbus beat Tampa Bay in four straight games. Here you go. Here's all you need to know. 860 save percentage for Vasilevsky. So he was poor in that series. That's number one. Number two, they didn't have Victor Hedman, their best defenseman. Number three, Stamkos, Point, and Kucherov, three guys that 90-plus points that year in the regular season. Kucherov, the NHL MVP, they combined for five points between the three of them. So think about that confluence of, their, the you know, a Vincent Trophy caliber goaltender stunk they didn't have the best their best defenseman a guy that's up for the norris every year and their top three forwards had a grand total of five points in four games okay and then you think of how edmonton lost goaltending save percentage was around 860 okay their top defenseman is oscar clefbaum we now know that he was hurt when he came back was not right 
Okay. And the only difference is Edmonton's top three forwards combined for 22 points against the Chicago Blackhawks in four games. 22 points in four games. Maybe it's a sign that they didn't have the rest of the support, other parts of the lineup to get past. And all of the analytics guys will tell you Edmonton completely dominated the shot chart because we have people saying, well, the Oilers didn't play the way they needed to play against. They didn't play a hard game. They weren't, you know. I'm like, well, you know what? They didn't get the stops. Their top defensive pairing was it was a shadow of what it could be or what it was maybe the 2017 playoff run through you know what i'm saying like and then think yeah, back I, I, then think back to tampa it wasn't adding goodrow and yep. coleman it, that helped them but their top yep. guys went back to being their top guys yeah your and your top guys always have to be if you're going to win the playoffs but again i'll go back to when when somebody says to me well they didn't play hard Specifically, what does that mean? What are, you, what are you talking about when you say that? Or when somebody says, well, work ethic. Well, specifically, where? Where on the ice are you talking about work ethic or lack of work ethic? When you look at the way Tampa played, and, and I, was, I was tasked by a friend of mine who's a, who's a high-level coach in professional hockey, just gave me a little task during the playoffs, said, break them down for me, and the end of the playoffs, send me a report. I went, okay. Because, um, you know, you, you know you, you watch a lot of sports like I do. You watch a lot of hockey like I do. I, you, I think you still got to keep your analytic eye as much as possible and not just watch the game. Right. So, so you break down Tampa and you look at the way they played. And Tampa played a very disciplined, puck-controlled game. They kept the forecheck alive because their forecheck was with, with defensive pinches because their third-man awareness was outstanding. They would, their third man was so aggressive getting in and coming back and protecting. They never gave up the neutral zone. They stood up in the neutral zone and forced Dallas to dump the puck in and rim the puck all day long. They used the ice behind the net. They controlled time and space and the middle of the ice. You control time, space, and the middle of the ice. That goes back to Vasilevsky being as good as he was. It goes back to Hedman being back in the lineup and being able to go on those guys to control the middle of the ice. You control that, you're going to be winning more than you're losing. And Tampa did it perfectly, consistently, every single game. Because it goes back to what you said, Bob, which is they had, they had to learn. I, I think about Wayne Gretzky, and I always think about Wayne's book. You know, the first time they lost to the, to the Islanders, the yep. time they lost to the Islanders, and, and, and Wayne, you know, walking by the dressing room, that story. But everybody knows it. But the fact is, yeah, you've got to learn to win first. And Tampa did. The Oilers did. The, all the great teams learn to win by losing first. You learn your lessons, and the next time you don't let it happen again, and you overcome your demons or whatever they seem to be. But it's a matter of being, as you said, your top players have to pull the rope. They've got to be the guys pulling the rope. Uh, it's easier to pull a rope than push it. Drew, thanks for joining us on Oilers Now. Let's do this again. Okay, buddy. Good talking to you. You bet. Drew Romanez, our Oilers Now headliner for Touchback Safety. Your safety's their goal. Discover your safety training solutions at touchbacksafety.com. We're going to go to the Oilers Prospect Report. We're going to update you on Oilers players playing over in Europe between now and the start of the NHL season. It is brought to you by James H. Brown, Injury Lawyers. When accidents happen, go to James H. Brown, Trent, uh, jameshbrown.com. Trent Brown, Jim Brown, the gang at James H. Brown, they want you to stay safe and stay positive. With the Prospect Report, back in the studio, here's Brendan Escott. Okay, well, yes, a Puyarvi up to five goals, seven points across eight games with Carpat in the Liga centerman and 2018 second round 
rounder, Ryan McLeod. He's playing with Zug in the uh, Swiss League. He's up to five points now in seven games there. Raphael Lavoie picked up his sixth goal in his last ten outings in uh, Sweden's Allsvenskan. That's the second league there. He's up to nine points in ten games. Evan Bouchard somehow racking up 54 penalty minutes in 13 games in that same Allsvenskan league. Uh, he has three goals, three helpers there. Philip Broberg has enjoyed 13 games in Sweden's top league, the SHL. He has five points so far, and I know Samarukov is doing pretty well in the KHL. We'll update on that tomorrow. Yeah, uh, interesting. Cody Kudik is the center for... Uh, yes, the Pugliarvi playing on Carpat. Uh, Kunik uh, played for the Short Park Crusaders. That's the team you do the games for. By the way, Brendan, how did uh, how did Dylan Gunther look this weekend for the Crusaders? He, uh, he he looked pretty good. The game that we had the pleasure of broadcasting was a goal and three assists and a four three win. So. He's not bad. All right. Uh, we'll tell you this. The Uncle Melt down at uh, Brent Ridge Ford in Wetaskiwin telling me uh, over the course of the last couple of weeks, it a, 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 a really strong summer in terms of uh, moving their used vehicle inventory, but they're way down in units from about 50 to 70 to about 10 plus. So they need trades. And not only will Ford Motor Company give you a trade-in bonus of up to 2500 for your 2016 model or older, but Brent Ridge will also pay you top dollar for any trade just to restock the shelves. So go see Uncle Milt, Rich, Johnny, and the gang at Brent Ridge Ford, your Ford truck authority on the Auto Mile in Wetaskiwin. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Back in a minute, and we're going to take a dip into the Oilers Now audio vault and hear from AHL Commissioner Scott Housen. This is Oilers Now. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott with you, 127 in Edmonton. We dip into the Oilers Now audio vault for direct workwear, where safety meets savings at Edmonton, Fort McMurray, and online at directworkwear.com. So, again, distinct possibility the NHL ends up with an all Canadian uh, division. That could happen. Does that mean that we might see a scenario where. The Canadian American Hockey League affiliates, Edmonton's got one in the States, uh, in Bakersfield, Calgary's in Stockton, Vancouver's in Utica. Could we see a scenario where those teams end up in Canada? Here's the president of the AHL, Scott Housen. Well, I've always said nothing's off the table. It's certainly not our preference. We'd rather have, you know, Utica, Stockton, and Bakersfield playing uh, 
but if there's a if there's a border closure, I mean, we were offered some hope last week when the the pilot project was announced by the Alberta government to test people coming in, um, and if they were negative, they could go about their business as long I think as long as they agreed to get a second test. Um, I haven't heard if that's actually in place yet, but that would really bode well for uh, for hockey in general, if, because the, the player supply is so important, as you know, to the NHL teams. We just can't have uh, a team playing, uh, an, an affiliate playing in the States, uh, and then, you know, Edmonton or Calgary or Vancouver needs two or three players, and they just can't get them there. It's just not going to work. That is Scott Housen, again, the president of the American Hockey League, joining us on Friday's edition of Oilers. Now, into the Ashley Fine Floors text line, and this texter comes in out of Edmonton. He says, Bob, uh, just a reminder, Dallas was grounded and pounded before they played Tampa Bay. They were banged up. I mean, I know the Lightning did not have Steve Stamkos, but they're a deeper offensive team again, back to the deeper offense than the Dallas Stars. And Tyler Sagan had about 19 different injuries. Uh, Radic Faxa, who's a very useful third-line center, big, heavy presence down the middle, not available to Dallas. Did they finish the series? Was it Gurianov or Rupi Hintz that did not finish the series? Como didn't finish the series. Like, that was a beat-up hockey club by the end. Fair comment from the texter. Again, you can text us at any time. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Uh again, uh, coming up at one thirty five today, Marette Atesh. She is uh out of uh the Winnipeg Athletics, so we'll hook up with Marat in the in the meantime, off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Oilers now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, six thirty Chad.